Well, good morning, Greenwich, and welcome to the Monday, January 10th edition of the Basement Academy. As we get going this morning and uh, start a new week, want to start a new series, we'll introduce that uh, over these first couple of days and then do some deep dive. Uh, I hope it'll be a deep dive uh, for the coming weeks. Uh, but let's begin with the morning psalm. Always love this psalm, Psalm 100. It is a psalm for giving thanks. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. Often used as a call to worship uh, at Greenwich. Uh, it's such a great, it's a short little psalm, isn't it, with just five verses? There's an alternative verse. So we know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. But there's an alternative reading in the Hebrew. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. I kind of like that. <laughs> it is, he, we, there are no self-made people, right? Our lives are received uh, as a gift from God. We're born into this world. And so it's from grace to grace. And so uh, let us lift our voice in prayer and praise uh, to our God this morning. Continue to make us, Lord, into your own image. Okay. Uh, a week ago, Sunday House uh, had occasion to preach, uh, and we're so glad for that message that she brought. And uh, Romans 8.28, uh, she spoke uh, at length about this. I think you're familiar with it. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Uh, so thankful for a reminder on the first Sunday of the new year in the midst of a pandemic that continues and a surging variant, Omicron. And of course, Cindy was talking about some of the challenges that she herself and her family had faced over uh, in Burma. Austin and Cindy are here missionaries and residents now because of the violence and civil unrest uh, in, in Calais where they had been ministering. How can we say something like this? God is working all things for good. And so uh, a very important word. And so thank you again, Sinday, for recalling that, that scripture to us number of years ago when I, prior to coming to Greenwich, when I was in uh, Boulder, Colorado, serving uh, on staff there as an associate pastor, um, was, is kind of, we called it the discipleship, uh, spiritual formation discipleship department. Think Christian ed, <clears throat> but we wanted it to be more than Christian education. We, we wanted it to be 
our work, our efforts, our teaching, activities, programs, etc., to be about shaping the, the spirit, <laughs> spiritual formation, forming and shaping individuals and relationships and understanding. And so we, we wanted to broaden our understanding. So the, the, the changing of the, the language from Christian education to spiritual formation and discipleship. Okay, following Jesus. So Christian education isn't just getting facts about the Bible and etc. It's a it's an active participation in what the Spirit of God is doing in forming and shaping a new world, a new creation, and in us and then through us, uh, among us. And so part of the work we did was trying to um, fashion for the various adult education, uh, um, uh, children's education. We had a separate youth department, <clears throat> but I think we tried to integrate uh, that as well. There was an, a, a youth pastor. But the way we understand what God's call on our lives is. And this verse ended up shaping a lot of our understanding such that uh, something emerged out of that that was for me um, kind of has become a life focus if I could say it that way and so the verse and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose and so there's a lot going on there God is working good for those who love him, who've been called, and then you've got this notion of the purpose of God. Romans 8 in itself is a, is a wonderful chapter. There's a lot, a lot that is going on there. Um, begins with a meditation. He's been wrestling uh, in, in chapters uh, 5, 6, and 7 about the reality of sin, and now that we're saved, and so the dynamics there. The, the battle of flesh and spirit he addresses in early uh, verses of chapter 8. But then he, he, he flips into, Paul uh, turns towards a meditation on suffering. And uh, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so it's a word of encouragement to Christians who are facing, as he often faced, great suffering. He often, he, he brought suffering to Christians prior to his conversion, right, on Damascus Road. And then he participated in those sufferings. And so the groaning of creation, um, all creation groans waiting for the children of God to be revealed. And then just before Romans eight twenty eight. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what we ought to pray for. Mm, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And you know what that's like, right? When you're in a, a hard way, in a hard time, difficult season, I don't even know what to pray, Lord. And Paul's saying the Spirit is interceding with groans too deep for words. And then Romans eight twenty eight. Okay, then Romans eight twenty eight, And then the chapter finishes with this meditation, who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall 
famine, hardship, persecution, danger, sword. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so Romans 8 is a real important chapter. And Romans 8, 28 is the one we kind of lift up. But what strikes me is, and this, this goes, well, I told the story of uh, being in, in Boulder. What caught my attention, who have been called according to his purpose. Well, that spoke to the work we were engaged in uh, in our ministry department spiritual formation and discipleship, what is the purpose of God? What is the purpose of God? What do you think? Have you thought about that? I mean, we say the verse, and it's important that we say the verse fully, not just God works everything for good, for those who love him, right? There's no promise or guarantee of God working something for good for someone who does not love him, okay? God works all things for good for those who love him, <clears throat> who have been called according to his purpose. And so the call and purposes of God being joined together here in Paul's understanding. What do you think the purpose of God is? There's all kinds of ways to think about this and answer this. Um, some would say, well, God's purpose is to save the world. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. Yes, <clears throat> I, I concur with that. Those of a perhaps a, a bit more progressive bent might speak and think and and, and, and work towards the purposes of God of justice, social justice, equity, uh, and the like. <clears throat> and, I, and I will not quarrel with that as being in the purposes of God. That God is bringing about justice in the world, rightly ordering the world according to his standards, his will, his purposes, right? Um, some might talk about the kingdom of God. God's purpose is to bring the kingdom of God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so this, uh, you know, Jesus bids us to pray for the kingdom. In maybe more less religious, uh, in, in a less religious framing, if you were to talk to people who, you know, are vague, vaguely spiritual and religious, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm spiritual but not religious, uh, I don't get into all that church stuff. <clears throat> but they would think God's purposes probably have something along the lines of for me to be happy and blessed, right? And so you'll hear some of this kind of language um, out there. Um, some, again, in that same vein, secular might say live a good life. You know, God's purpose is that we live a good life, that we be kind to people, that we help, we, we, we serve our neighbor. Uh, they might know the golden rule, uh, do unto others as, they, as you'd have them do unto you. And so um, these deeply Christian themes kind of have filtered out, kind of separated away from Christ 
and just be a kind, good, generous, compassionate, gracious person concerned about others. Okay, I don't quarrel with that either. Um, uh, maybe back to kind of the justice idea. God's purposes are to set the prisoner free, to open blind eyes, to loose the chains of injustice, uh, etc. So there's a lot of different ways that we speak of the purposes of God. But Paul seems to have something in mind here. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Well, thanks be to God, Romans 8, 28 gives way to Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined, I'm going to leave predestination aside for the moment, okay? For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Hmm. To be conformed to the likeness of his son that he that is the son, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers, children, okay, siblings. So Paul seems to answer, not that he raises the question, but, but he speaks to who have been called according to his purpose, God works all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, that is this understanding, God, God understands, knows things in advance. He predestined, the word predestination's kind of gotten a bad rap, but it's basically God shaping the action, okay, in advance. Those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness or the image of his son. So when I was in Boulder, Colorado, and we were searching for a kind of a rubric, a way of speaking to spiritual formation and discipleship, we hit upon this. Uh, myself, uh, the staff that I was working with, a team of volunteers. And it's this notion that scripture speaks to the purposes of God. So we need to let scripture, we wanted scripture to shape our understanding. We didn't want to um, kind of use language or ideas or concepts that, that would have transcended scripture, gone beyond scripture. We wanted to, we didn't want to take the world's understanding of the purposes of God. We wanted to let, let scripture speak. And we came to this sense of God's purpose is that people become like Jesus Christ, to be conformed to the image or likeness of his son. And so what I would like to do, this is kind of all by way of introduction today, what I'd like to do for the balance of this week, and I'm guessing it'll probably be maybe three weeks total, to tease out some of these thoughts, this 
under what what does it mean to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus? The the language that we ended up with uh, there at our church in Boulder was cultivating the character of Jesus Christ or cultivating the character of Christ. That the work of our ministry in that little area through adult classes and seminars and retreats and children's classes, uh, integrating with the youth ministry and the work that they were doing, that the, the work of God as we understood it from Scripture, and again, Romans 8 is speaking to this, is that the that we would actively be working to cultivate, and there's some images there that are given us in Scripture, the kind of the agricultural images of tilling the soil, planting seeds, um, watering, waiting, conditions that are right, and then all of a sudden fruitfulness that, that comes out of that. And I want to tease that out. And I'm going to talk for, for a few weeks about cultivating the character of Christ in our lives and in the lives of others, that we as parents have a responsibility to, 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 to till as we can, you know, to, to speak into the lives of our children and grandchildren, to, to plant seeds, to, to pray over those seeds that they would bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Well, spiritual fruit. Oh, gee, that's in the Bible too, right? The fruit of the Spirit. And so I think there's a, what, what, what we came to in, in Boulder and, and really, my 20 years here, I can't believe I haven't spoken more explicitly about this, but I've, I speak about this all the time. The character-forming experiences of, of life, that God is working these events in our lives and circumstances in our lives and relationships, and that there is a goal, there is a purpose, it's going somewhere, that God is at work working all things for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. And that purpose is that we be conformed to the likeness of his son. And so let me stop here and, um, and just invite you to maybe go read Romans 8. But to think about, hmm, how do you think about character formation? What, 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 what what does it involve? What uh, what activities? Uh, what, what dimensions? You know, what does it mean to have a Christ-like character? What would that look like? How would that come about? What's the process? Um, what are the mechanics? What are some of the dynamics that are involved in all of that? Uh, what are the hindrances and the obstacles to that? So anyway, um, let's go. All right. So let's close here with prayer and we'll, we'll pick up again tomorrow morning. Father, bless you. Thank you uh, for your love. Thank you for Psalm 100. Remind us that, that you are God, that we did not make ourselves. We are yours. You have made us. We belong to you for your good purposes, to shape and mold us into the likeness of your son, Jesus. And so help us to grow and deepen and broaden our understanding of what this means, but to, to lean into this, that our lives would indeed reflect 
the character of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray, and who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, may the God of every good purpose in your life and every good gift in your life, may he watch over you, keep you, bless you, shape you into the image of Christ today and forevermore. Amen.